0: To a special post-election edition of the Unregulated Podcast, also known as episode number 56. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle.
1: And I am the wizard of polling, Mike McKenna.
0: Okay, everybody, just a quick recap. We're gonna do a flashback from the last episode.
1: Yunkin's gonna win. Winston Sears is gonna win. Jason Miari's is gonna win. Republicans are gonna do no worse than plus four in the House of Delegates. Congratulations, sir. Prediction yeah. Yeah. came um, true. Blind squirrels, egg corns. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes.
0: All right. Well, we don't necessarily have to, like, remind people that there was an election yesterday. What do you mean? Because I think pretty much everybody knows there was an election yesterday. But true. we ought to probably impart a little bit of our, what we think is... Uh, wisdom. Our wisdom. Uh, insight. Or, or lack insight. thereof. Sure. Or insight or... Perhaps just some observations about the evening, shall we?
1: Speaking as a Virginian, I'm just happy we finally won some statewide races, man. It's been a long
0: time. There's been a – there were a few. And uh, it looks like we're plus one in the House of Delegates. Two.
1: Plus two. Plus two. 52. Actually, we're, of course, plus four. 52-48, right? We won um, seven – we took seven seats away from the Democrats. Um, They – every single Republican won. Every single Republican. So – um, we're now at fifty-two forty-eight in the House of Delegates, nineteen at twenty-one nineteen in the State Senate. Right, the Democrats have the advantage there. The important thing is, is that with the Lieutenant Governor, we now get to break ties. And you think how many ties are you going to have in a twenty-one nineteen body? Last year there were fifty-two ties. The Lieutenant Governor broke fifty-two ties in the State Senate. So it's a, it is a um, important. That we won that seat, right? That lieutenant governor's race, important.
0: Yeah, it's also an interesting the um, the Twitterverse and the the main uh, the mainstream lefty media, MSNBC and others, um, how quickly they turned this into a uh, uh, situation where the the ra- the racist white supremacist rubes voted, uh, f- you know, basically <laughs> fell for the critical race theory. Um which never real you know really existed.
1: Um <laughs> it's I just you know the the longer this goes on Let me read one quote. Oh man. Okay, there are hundreds, so pick a Critical good one. Critical
0: race theory, which isn't real, turn the suburbs 15 points.
1: Oh, that's uh that's uh that's that Bush uh, Bush appointee, right? Yeah. Nicole Wallace. Yeah. On MSNBC. Yeah. For both of their for both of their uh viewers. Um
0: Aren't these the same rubes who had the wisdom and the and the foresight to vote for Joe Biden? Yeah, the, it, the, and cheered on these these,
1: these, in these the, wonderful in, in the subsequent twelve months
0: forward-thinking people who had the, the sense
1: to in the subsequent twelve months everyone in the Commonwealth has become a racist idiot. Just so you know, I mean, I assume that's the theory, right? Because I didn't hear any of this last November when, like you say, when we when the Commonwealth voted for Joe Biden by plus ten. It was a Youngkin's going to win by about um, 70,000 votes, right, by about a little bit better than 2 two percent. And 12-point turnaround. That's a huge turnaround in 12 months. That's a. It, if you're a Democrat—I think this goes without saying, but if you're a—OK, okay, this goes without saying, but the interesting thing is the only guy who said it was um, your buddy Dave Axelrod, um, who said, yeah, if you're sitting out there—if you're a moderate Democrat sitting out there in one of those suburban swing districts— you might want to think about. You might be thinking about um, whether you really want to vote for the socialist agenda of Nancy Pelosi, and I and I thought, is he allowed to say that stuff on TV? I don't. I don't think that's what they're paying him to say. And he was the only guy off message who said that. I was like, that's exactly. Yeah, he right. also
0: said, and I can find the clip, but he he basically paraphrased. He 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 said it as painfully as he could, which was. I think – I feel like maybe the Democrats have slightly veered away from the working class <laughs> and um, is more of a
1: coalition of educated um, voters and uh, – can, can I read you a quote? Can I read you something that, that Charlie Sykes wrote in the, um, in, the, in the Politico, right? Which, by the way, I want to say to everybody who reads Politico, they have become – just a just a terrible, terrible rag sheet for the Democrats. I, I encourage you very, very strongly to not um, read them. I, I can go through the list of things that they talk about, but the fact that they um, have now adopted the phrase "pregnant people" um, gives you everything you need to know about that. I go, so, Charlie Sykes, here, here's what Charlie's this is Charlie's question he poses, and I think Axelrod's going there too. You ready? Republicans continue to be clown themselves with lies about the election, even as they become more extreme on issues from guns to abortion, which, by the way, I don't think is true. But anyway, but then why does the new NBC poll give Republicans double digit leads on issues like border security, inflation, crime, the economy, national security, and even on getting things done? And that, my friends, is the problem with the modern day Democratic Party all tied up in a bow. They think. How can anybody in the world vote for Republicans or be a Republican? And they don't understand what they sound like when they talk about any of their stuff, right? Critical race theory, right? One guy got in a lengthy Twitter spat about how um, Winsome Sears, the new lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor-elect of Virginia.
0: The first black statewide – No. Black woman woman, statewide office holder who is a – Who is a – Who is a – Republican. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well – Along with the
1: first uh, – Cuban-American. Cuban-American
0: attorney general of the state of Virginia. Who is a – what's his name?
1: Jason Millares. Say it again. Millares. Oh, okay. But, (laughs) yeah, we're a bunch of racist rubes. uh, Right. And that's the thing about it. It's insane. As long as they they think that, they're not going to be successful. And I think that's what Axelrod is talking about. Like, guys – you gotta get yourselves back aligned. It's crazy because you're all just—you all are like a bunch of college professors, and you know Glenn Youngkin. God love him. He wasn't a great. He's not George Washington, he's like, right?
0: He's kind of like a, a less he's weird. A, he's a better. He he was a better candidate than
1: Romney. Yeah, I mean he's a right? less he's a less weird version of Romney, but he he didn't exactly scythe through the electorate, right? No, but he is
0: he is and was a disciplined yeah, painter who who
1: yeah. who played offense. Yeah, yeah. I and agree. stumbled on an issue. Well he I was gonna say he, he and stuck with it. He realized he and his team made up mostly of um cruise veterans, right? Um Yes. You, we we talked about this a long time
0: ago. Yeah, Jeff Rowe and – Cruz and, and, um, endorsed him even though we had questions about his some of well, his
1: contributions,
0: so for ge- example, of the course, Southern of
1: course. Poverty Law of Center. Right? You know, so so Jeff, Jeff Rowe, right, it was his campaign manager. Dave Polyansky was involved, and Chris Wilson was one of his pollsters, right? Um, you know, a good team, a good team. Not a great team, right? I mean, uh, but a good team. It, the the real thing was they had the good fortune to pick a guy who represents everything that's terrible about the Democratic Party. And timing was terrible, right? Um, you know, that's twice. If you're Terry McAuliffe, there must be something about these Clinton guys. That's twice Terry McAuliffe's gotten 48% of the vote, right? First time he became governor. This time there was no third party to help him out, so he lost. And that's something nobody's talked about yet, right? Is Terry Terry's top end in Virginia seems to be 48% just like Bill Clinton's top end in um in America was 49%, right? He never got 50% right. of the vote. Right. Okay, so
0: this is how out of touch Terry actually is. This was his last appearance it's on ed, the ed, Press. Epic, epic. Uh, let me just throw this in there. Yeah, man. Should
2: that be left in the
3: hands of the parents, or should it be left to the school boards and others who do this every single day and focus on it? They would argue that and, Bill and is not saying it. As you saw in the crowd, about, everybody they, clapped when but, I said it. I understand that, but they would say this is not about banning a book. This is about informing parents that a book may have some material that uh, not all parents will be crazy about. We should let you know that your kid is going to be dealing with this material.
0: Do you know who he had at his closing rally,
1: yeah Randy uh, Wingard? yeah yeah it, i i mean <laughs> it, uh, it's well, you know it's not like that, it's what he closed with right he he closed with here was his close, right that um forty percent of the school children in virginia school aged children in Virginia are um children of of color, right, however he defines that, and eighty percent of the teachers are white, and that imbalance is bad, and you know blah blah blah, basically. He closed with, Hey, Virginia has too many white teachers. Right. What he also Which is just insane. And you know, at the same time, Yunkin is literally over and loud and crawl. You know what he closed with? When you call the DMV, you're gonna have a human being answer the phone. And I'm you just watch these two things and you're like, are they running for the same office? And 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 also uh McAuliffe
0: had a weasel phrase where he said, I raised my five kids in Virginia. Yeah. Like,
1: to make it imply that they were in public school? Yeah, four of them went to private school. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a terrible person. He's been a terrible person for the 25 years he's been in American life.
0: All
2: right, here was the Axelrod
0: quit I was talking about.
2: The Democratic Party, what you've seen is it's, it's become a more um, uh, a more uh, college-educated, urban uh, party in Coalition with uh, uh,
3: minority voters, and the the messages tend to be moralizing.
2: It's moralizing. like it is. Self-wise. We are
3: going to tell you, we will tell you what is right. We t- we, we we and and no connection to uh, people who work with their hands, people who work with their backs, rural voters. Uh, so that's part of the problem. You know, Democratic Party what you see it's part
1: of the problem yeah, it's part of the problem so 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 he's right right and and this is two things real quick about this one is uh, david axelrod is a very smart guy um he is the brain I, I troll him on twitter on occasion i know but, you do and he but. and he works he works your back right um he's was president obama's brain right and i have no idea why he's not a republican at this point in the game cuz he he seems to be drawing all the correct conclusions, but doesn't seem to come like to the right answers, right? Yeah, um, I also
0: years back worked with some of his guys, and we didn't see eye to eye, but
1: they're professionals. They're professionals, sure. right? Yeah, oh, I mean, it, and he's just he's just a solid pro, right? Look, it's like everything else from Chicago, right? Um, you know, when you want to when you want to see a real America, go to Chicago, because that you know they're they're just normal guys. Um, uh, that's thing one. Thing two is is that there's a there's been a big, a big debate. There's a data analyst uh, in the Democratic circles, uh, Dan Shore, and Dan is a kid, right? He's 29 years old, but he 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 has all the feel of of uh, um, you know really really sharp guy. And Dan's argued pretty strongly with data and with um, facts that the problem with the Democrats is they're trading. Um, white college-educated voters for minorities and um, working-class folks, and he also points out exactly what Axel Rogers pointed out, that um, the problem with that is is that you tend to have all these progressive things that come along with being college-educated that most other people find completely mystifying, if not absolutely unappetizing. Okay, now think about that and apply it to this campaign the progressive ideal that that cost McAuliffe the win here was that somehow experts are better at teaching your kids than you are. And you know, that may be true or may not be true, and it doesn't really matter. The important thing is, is that he literally spent six weeks defending that ideal um, against a rising surge of parents who are like, I don't want to hear this, because even if it's true, I still want to be involved, Right. To the point where when they asked what's the most important issue which actually voted on right about twenty five percent of the of the voters yesterday voted on education, they split plus eleven percent for the Republicans. I'm sure that's happened elsewhere, but I can't think of a single instance when that was the case, right yeah, where education on phrase, was on on education where education Absolutely. was that high and where they split yeah. for Republicans, yeah, and, I mean and, look the, and, and it was all a consequence of essentially. Yunkin was smart enough to, okay, that's your progressive ideal. Let's put and it on trial and see what is lazy
0: happens. enough to take the bait, oh, and sure. then had no choice but to, but to he couldn't reverse himself. The day after he,
1: had he every the, opportunity. To right, reverse the day himself. after his moment was the day after the debate when he made that mistake. He should have said, "Yeah, you know, of course I'm in favor of parents being involved, but, but." That would have got him crossways with the teachers unions. Of course, so he just wasn't going to get there. Of course, there. and I,
0: also the again, as uh, you know, as, as he said, he was taken out of context. But really, <laughs> Youngkin was smart enough not to press on that and just stick to the central theme because sure. he could have easily pressed on it and it would have turned into like, you know, a debate about that ridiculous book. Yeah, um, you know. So, uh, look, he is he. <laughs> As you said, the
1: the Youngkin should run for president. <laughs> Youngkin should, yeah, has shown the path. Yeah. By the way, we already heard we already yeah. heard that in the Times that yeah that Youngkin should well, the New York Times now he
0: he, he, he ran a great for campaign. I, I'm happy he won. Um, I'm also happy that the Republicans swept the state statewide and obviously the House of Delegates because hopefully they can undo some of the damage that that Governor Blackface took. You know, did
1: yeah. I'm, um, I'm, um, I'm um, for Virginia. I'm excited about the governor, but I'm more excited about the lieutenant governor and the attorney general, right? Because, um, and it, if there's it,
0: any doubt that this was not an anomaly,
1: yeah, yeah, New Jersey. I'm
0: going to do a lit. And I'm just going to go uh, go around the around the horn here on yeah, election night. Sure, New Jersey. Okay, yeah. Where's st- the governor's probably going to win, but that's a. It, that's a 16 point swing and It still hasn't s- been decided say, in say.
1: Jersey. You're you're um, okay.
0: Now, South Jersey was a, a collapse for the Democrats. Like,
1: yeah, all the down ballot stuff in in a Jersey collapse was bad for news. the Democrats. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure people are outside of the Twitter world have are starting to um, are starting to to see this. Uh, but I want to run a little campaign video.
1: Yeah.
3: Hello, my name is Edward There, I'm running for New Jersey State Senate. I've lived here all my life, raising my three kids. In 2020, my opponent sat by and watched as Governor Murphy forced nursing homes to take in COVID-19 patients, resulting in the death of over 8,000 of our seniors. He remained silent as Governor Murphy, with his lockdown and mandates, forced the closing of over one-third of our small businesses across the New Jersey family, thousands of jobs. He has done nothing, as seven out of every 10 moves are leaving the state, placing a heavier burden on those of us who remain. The Senate president has spent 20 years in Trenton. Higher taxes, increasing debt, and a rising cost of living. We deserve better. New Jersey, it's time for a change. So together, let's end single party rule. Vote for me, Edward Durr for Senate.
0: As he rides off on his hog, yeah, man, on a on a home video that was basically looked that looked like you remember those commercials where you're like you run in front of the camera and you start yelling really loud yeah, and man. they have the like funky letters in the front, yeah, you know, like it, they're selling mattresses and things like that. Yeah, Edward Durr is going to topple Steve Sweeney, Steve Sweeney, the Senate yeah, and you leader know, in the New Jersey legislature. Yeah, And he spent 152 bucks.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know what Steve. And he's doing. up
0: by 2,008 votes. Yeah, with almost nothing left to count, yeah.
1: right? Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is Steve Sweeney's a huge power, and Jersey has been forever and ever, right? Because he's not just a legislative guy. He's a union leader as well, right? Um and he's played the he's played the hey I'm a I'm a I'm a Joe Biden Democrat thing before Joe Biden played it, but Dirt, just you just listen to that thing he just went right through and straight on. Yeah, but the, I don't
0: think anyone even saw that like no, literally. I'm sure, everybody saw that. If you put your name on
1: a ballot, if you
0: if you had I bet you that 150 bucks. Is there a registration fee?
1: Yeah, it's in probably New something Jersey? like that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but but I mean, just in that video, he just. Boom, 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 right It wasn't any it wasn't like any promises it was just like this guy's hopeless. this guy's been here you know for 20 years and what we got we got nothing to show for it. and um, it's a it's a testament both to American democracy but also just all the campaign managers out there, all the wannabe campaign managers out there. shorten your stroke, think about the attack. think about what you actually don't like about your opponent and then just go after it. You know, don't don't be clever, don't be cute, don't worry too much about polls. Just hit it, and that this this guy Dur, he's just going to be a hell of a legislator. He's going to be
0: like, what do I do now? He's going to be like, a hell of a legislator
1: because he, you know, he, he it's I, like when I was with. What Rich, are you guessing? I'm guessing he's sixty years old.
0: Uh, he looks in the 60s.
1: Yeah, man he, he he's not he's not going to be afraid he's of a it. truck driver man. I'm going to be afraid
0: great. of it. I know. Yeah, yeah sure. I was with uh, uh, Congressman Richard Pombo when uh, the. Republicans took the house in 1994 Yeah, and we were in Stockton at the fairgrounds and we we're watching the returns come in. And, and when, it, when they announced that the, the, the place flipped, he looked over at me and he's like, holy <laughs> crap. Now we've got the keys. What the hell are we, gonna what are we going to do now? <laughs> right? Like, it's like a- this is just so great. Now this is Jersey, New York, the the Republicans had one of their best nights.
1: Yeah, the constitutional amendment.
0: Since 2016. Yeah. Um, Long Island was like a red wave. Okay. Um, okay. There was a. Do you remember a while back we talked about India Walton in Buffalo? Sure. Yeah. She lost. She lost a, in, write-in, in a write-in campaign in a write-in to the Byron, guy she beat in the primary. Byron Brown, yeah. Byron Brown, write down Byron Brown. That was his campaign. And you know what else he did?
1: Write down Byron Brown. That's you That's, good. that's he smart.
0: Did? He handed out rubber stamps.
1: Oh, man. So
0: all the, they had to do was go in Locked and in, stamp bank, it. Bank. Boom. And he won the write-in that, campaign. I will tell
1: you what, man. Okay. That's smart right there. So, so the um, important thing about that, right, is that's a loss for AOC. I know. And I'm going
0: to talk about, we need to talk about that when we talk about the implications for the Hill. Um, but anyway, so, okay, so that was New York. Okay, now we have, see, C- in Seattle.
1: The city, the Republican won in the city attorney's race. Yeah. I didn't know that. The I've city been, attorney, I've been won watching the this Republican race. won in Seattle. I've been watching this race for a long time. Okay. It, the, okay, the important thing about that is, is that um, the opponent, had basically said, hey, I'm not going to prosecute any crimes. I mean, it was kind of weird. Um, and at the end of the campaign, union money, business money, every kind of money was flowing into that Republican in the city attorney's race. So I'm very grateful they won. Um, let me give a shout-out to a guy, Randy Peppel, who's a, a Republican consultant think, out there. I think, I think you've met yeah, Randy. Met, yeah. yeah, Randy um Helped on that campaign, and I'm glad he won. I'm super glad he won. God, I didn't know that. Good, thank you.
0: Yeah, her name is Ann Davidson. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was official. Uh,
1: it's, yet, not yet, it's not yet. It's not yet. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's well on her way. Good. I want to run back to New York? And, and you know, good, good for Seattle because it means there's going to be a semblance of law and order in that city. Well, so
0: yeah, in Minnesota too, they Minnesota, rejected a ballot the, measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to def- that would have basically eliminated the police department,
1: department of public right. safety. Yeah. Okay,
0: so back to New York real quick. Yeah. Um, guess who made a comeback?
1: I'm gonna be afraid of this <clears throat> right?
0: Former Staten Island rep Vito. Oh, yeah, Visele. Visele. <laughs> he is now now the Staten that, that Island borough, borough president. He's a
1: borough president. Okay, so if, So
0: here's my question. Did he leave his Gumar <laughs> in Virginia or did I he break her I, look, okay,
1: for not. those of you who are not New Yorkers, which I know is is an unfortunately large percentage of you. Um Borough presidents are actually the best job to have in New York City, oh, right? Oh yeah, because you have a lot of juice. You 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 run a lot of the world, especially Staten Island, because nobody ever comes over there to bother bother you. It's actually a better job than being the congressman from Staten Island. Um, that said, let me give a big shout out to University of Pennsylvania 1985 classmate Vito Facella. He and I were he and I oh were very safe. good. I did not know he that. was uh, he was yeah. uh, um, Sigma Nu. Um, very good. He was a Sigma Nu. Which which is why when he got busted and talked himself into getting out of Congress, I was like, yeah, that about fits for a cinema new.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, in PA, um, Republicans won all three statewide judicial yeah, elections. Yeah, judicial
1: elections. Those are tremendously important in Pennsylvania.
0: They flipped the Westmoreland District Attorney seat, um, secured key flips in Luzerne, Erie, and Northampton at the local level. So. Yes. this was a, a
1: this was a and, and just so you know, those those counties, those are the um those are the Allegheny counties, right? And and what um the reason why they're important is is because they have been contested for um years and years and years with the um Democrats, right? It's the it's the swingy area of Pennsylvania. It you can't win if you're a Republican you can't win statewide without that. So a testament to the organization up there.
0: So uh, in New Hampshire, Rochester, uh, mayoral race went Republican for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. In Texas, a House district... This lived, is the
1: important one. Pay Republican attention to this John
0: one. John um, This was a 73% Latino district that Biden won by 14. That's right. Uh, and that's why like it's it, important,
1: right? Because the president won it convincingly 12 months ago. Everybody forgets. They think, hey, it's a long time. 12 months ago.
0: Yeah, and we need to... F- Wait for all the final numbers, but Fox News is reporting that Youngkin won Hispanics and Latinos fifty-five forty four. I don't Virginia.
1: think that's right. So Um I'm not saying This it's... is an this is an analysis. So the final yeah, numbers won't be there. I'm not... But
0: but the point is is that even if it's yeah, yeah. even if it it splits, yeah. Right, this is a continuing trend yeah, yeah, that yeah. the Democrats are either avoiding So there was one or closing their ears and pretending it's not. Yeah,
1: happening. so one thing out of the exit polls, right? There's one exit basically one exit poll that everyone's working off of, right? The interest, one interesting thing, there's a bunch of interesting numbers. I'm going to write a memo about it. In last November, President Trump lost among black women um by 84%, right? He lost 80 by 84 points. Um 10% of the population, 9% of the voting population right? black females. Um Yesterday, Youngkin won, uh, lost by only seventy-two percent. Now I know that sounds ridiculous, but he basically did ten, twelve points better among ten percent of the population. That is really important, right? And that's a trend line that you got to you got to watch if you're a if you're a Democrat. And it has to do. There's no doubt in my mind it has to do with Winsome Sears being on that ticket, right? Um, people. When people see people who look like them, they just they're more comfortable. Sure. It's just the absolutely. way the world is, right? Sure. So I, I, I get the feeling that that part of the part of the, what happened yesterday was all about Winsome Sears and Jason Miaris Well, She, helped, on
0: the, she got, got more votes than Youngkin. I don't think we know that
1: yet. Well, as of
0: yeah last as of yeah, last yeah. night this morning, yeah. she had a higher percentage.
3: Yeah. yeah. It so. it's
1: a it's a Tremendous, is, tremendously interesting day, man. Yeah, tremendously well, interesting absolutely. day.
0: Absolutely. And and two two quick things. And, and that thing
1: in Texas, right? That that thing in the one in the eighteenth in Texas. I, I never seen anything like it. You know, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to flip a seat by twenty points. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it's really, it, it just doesn't happen.
0: Well, you know, if we just <laughs> this is going to be the best part. The progressive Everyone's going to see what they want to see in it. And I just I hope that the Democrats continue to assume that they just didn't get the message out right. Well, the, we've been bickering over the cost, and we haven't told people what's in the bill. These
1: ideas are incredibly popular, Tom.
0: Right, and it was just if we if we just message better and oh if the if they they just the Republicans are just so shrewd and they just they create these culture battles and. And they use race and everything else. And that's, that's just too hard for yeah. us to
1: overcome. We're geniuses. The
0: people only, if the people.
1: <laughs> if they only knew what was in, this stuff, what was in this stuff. only knew was in this Okay. So to segue to your next, to so segue to your next topic, um, my favorite has been exactly that, right? Reading what everybody's take on these things is. Because it's always poorly formed and poorly explained. But everyone on the Hill is like saying one of two things, either. um, the election results mean that we should pass infrastructure right this second or the election results mean we should pass reconciliation right this second and with the exception of dave axelrod nobody said the election results could be read that maybe you guys need to take a step back so all all i can think of is when i'm reading all this stuff i'm like is it possible that that that, the, the 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 voters are telling you this stuff isn't as popular as you all think it is i wrote a so, a reporter called me up today and asked me, he says, What do you think about these election results? Because I had just read a story in which one of his sources said something so stupid I could barely tolerate it. I said, so The election results of the knock on analysis tell me that your sources are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, What do you mean? I don't remember what it was. He's like, his source said, If we had passed the infrastructure bill, McAuliffe would be governor now. And I'm just like, well Ron Klein retweeted it was both. like
0: no Ron Klein of that. in the
1: course of the evening
0: retweeted two two tweets one was the BBB thing had no bearing whatsoever on this on this uh, election <laughs> another thing he retweeted was it's just we should have gotten this stuff through and we need to now if if now the 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 message is is we need to work even harder to pass the thing good so good so you here's keep, a here's keep, a, a perspective from the uh they're very good at they're very good collectivists because it's a joint statement from Battle Born Collective, Justice Democrats, Sunrise Movement, and United We Dream Action. We told you so literally. What happened in Virginia is what happens when Democrats fail to take on the GOP's divide and conquer racism and motivate people to turn out. The McAuliffe campaign had no comprehensive pro-worker economic message against a literal private equity magnate. <laughs> magnate. Sorry. Magnate. Magnate. It had no positive message on what the next four years would look like for Virginians and no rebuttal to race-baiting expletive. Put simply, it was a campaign designed to fail. Uh, this was a controlled experiment for what not to do. When the Democrats could get caught flat-footed and let Republicans dictate the terms of the debate by manufacturing a fake education crisis. Yikes. It does not have to be this way. The time, there is still time to adopt an inclusive economic message that includes that crowds out racist dog whistles. The time is now, there is still time to go on offense and fight for the very voters who powered Democratic victories in 2020. Those very voters...
1: Some of them turned against you. Those very
0: voters pretty much made it a blowout night for Republicans. So
1: You know, this is what Axelrod's talking about. I know, it's great. You you guys, you guys... Keep it up, up, guys. You guys are so deep in the cave, you can't figure out what's what's Um, what.
0: What's his name, the Dilbert guy?
1: Scott uh Adams, he said Adam. something like,
0: Yeah, is, is this the point when the Democrats realize that doubling down on this stuff isn't gonna happen? I'm like, shh, don't don't give a, don't give away the trade it, secret.
1: It, it it makes Manchin look better, I think. Oh my gosh. And, yes. I, and I'm sure that Ax, it, the other thing is I'm sure Axelrod's right. There's thirty five those thirty-five moderates sitting in suburban districts, including the three in Virginia. Are are thinking about their yeah. lives. We're going to get into this. All right. How this affects the hill. Uh, yes. What does this do to Capitol Hill? There's
0: there. See, a lot of people. Uh, we've been all. To, we've been all wrapped up on reconciliation and the air quotes infrastructure bill, but this is not the only thing that they're running up against. Now look what's stacked on top of these two things. Which, by the way, it seems to me that every time Mansion or Cinema opens his or her mouth about something Pelosi shoves another thing in the bill that they don't want right yes and now we're talking um, salt yeah <laughs> the state and local yeah. deduction deal which would end up being a shade below climate payoffs for corporations yeah it's in, in the in depends, terms of the cost of it depends the bill. on how
1: it gets scored but yeah right yeah so, so they're, and, which they're, by the way they're progressive real quick, real quick. okay sure Real quick, yeah. 5% of that $500 – I'm sorry, um, 95% of that – no, I want to get this right. That $500 billion, right, that score, 90% of it will go to the top 5% richest Americans. Yeah. Bernie Sanders has said it's an unconscionable giveaway to wealthy people.
0: Yeah, but he's also now f- – Fudging a little if they if they give him more on the on the on the alternative minimum billionaire corporation. Back dealio, in April, right? back in April, so, and I
1: don't get I don't want to get down on this salt thing, but this is a fun fact, right? Back in April, the New York House Democratic delegation sent a letter to Pelosi saying, Hey, we need this salt thing, this salt deduction cap removed. It was signed by everybody, every Democrat in the House delegation in New York, with one exception. Schumer. AOC. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, she she said she said, echoing her echoing her her spirit animal, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> that it would be an unconscionable giveaway to wealthy people. True, by the way, Which it, it is would, absolutely it true. It would be an unconscionable giveaway to wealthy people. Other thing, there's almost nobody in West Virginia who gets nicked by the salt yeah. cap. Anyway, sorry. I mean, no, it, no. This no, so, is just so, a fascinating so, thing, man. So
0: yes, yeah, so salt is back in, and something on prescription drugs is back in. And basically there this this I would love to have been in the Democratic caucus meeting today. <laughs> I would have loved to because last it was night, a tough night a very drunk Nancy Pelosi was probably throwing her her fancy, expensive shoes into her freezer, you know, at her refrigerator freezer it was while a, while she a was a tough there. night. Um <laughs> So we've got this back and forth with now, okay, so what does this mean for in- the infrastructure bill? we got BBB. But we're also dealing with a sort of lingering uh, CRA potentially on the vaccine mandate. Sure, man. We've got the December 3rd budget deadline. Yep. We've got a short-term or a long-term CR. We've got the highway extension running out also. We've got a debt ceiling vote. Uh, and the Republicans in the Senate at least have said they're not going to negotiate on the budget at all until they they dispense with this conversation about BIF and
1: bbb right? So well, we also, we also this is a- <laughs> so, so 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 give me let me give you two other two that's all context. Let me give you two other pieces of context that are relevant. Um the joint committee on tax um sent a letter to Pelosi and McConnell about 3 weeks ago said, "Hey, we're jammed up on this Scoring stuff because everyone's making a score. All these, you know, ridiculous draft amendments and blah blah blah. This that and the other thing. Um, best case scenario, it's going to take them four weeks to score. And keep in mind, we we don't have anything in the Senate side to score yet, right? So, so when they whenever we get to reconciliation, um, whatever you know comes out of the House, we're gonna. We're going to need to score it. So we're looking at mid-December, right? So that's one. Two is we get the NDAA sitting out there too, right? The National Defense mm-hmm. Authorization Act. Um, that's got an extra $25 billion in there that the Republicans and some Democrats want. So it's going to be hard just to sort of wave it and just say, hey, you know what? We'll just re up last year. Um December 3rd sounds like a long way away, right? It's not that far away. Today is November 3rd. Yeah, it's one month away. Um, and and, it's not going to happen. And they're out – and keep in mind, they're mm-hmm. out, well, the week of Thanksgiving, right? I mean, they got four – theoretically, the Senate's got four weeks left on the calendar this year, just for those of you keeping score. And for the rest of you keeping score, we are essentially seven weeks from Christmas as we're sitting here right now.
0: Yeah. So all of this – means. Sorry. I just, oh, it's no, just, it's just, just all of this – becomes very it becomes very complicated, uh, and the media keeps saying, "Oh, they're so close. They're on the cusp. They're on the. They're on the. You know, they're they're on the home <laughs> stretch." Uh, no, they're not. And and really, the only thing that's going to save them at this point is if the Republicans bail them out, yeah, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah.
1: and and believe me, there's precedent for that. Sure, sure, sure. But, right. Mean, so keep in mind the only thing the only thing that we actually have to do. Have to do the debt ceiling, have to do a CR. That's right. All the rest of this stuff is optional. So,
0: I, I can I I don't think that they're. I think they're going to punt this to next year. I think so
1: too. I'm starting to think. I think the exactly. Republicans
0: are going to give them the out to punt all of this to next year. I think. I think so too.
1: I, I I think on top of that, and this is where we can stir in what happened yesterday. Right. I think they're now just a lot more people nervous on the House side about this. Right. Um, and 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 there's more people nervous on the Senate side about it now. Who are looking at a guy like Joe Manchin, and a week ago they might have been thinking that miserable son bitch is getting in our way, and they now might be thinking, well, hmm, maybe we should just let this thing marinate for a little bit, right? Got no text. You got a bunch of you get you get you already have a, a House uh, moderates who who told Pelosi about seven or eight of them who told Pelosi yesterday. Yesterday, before they even saw the election results, hey, we're not voting for any of this stuff without a score, <laughs> and without having seventy-two there, hours to there's read it. There is no, I mean,
0: there is. This is the jack in the box on steroids. Like every time they try to bottle one of these problems up, two more pop up. Yeah, I, I, right. I, I, a whackamole, whatever you want to call no, it. No, no, right? no, 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 no right? I whackamole jack. I so, get what you're saying. So uh, there, I don't see a way out of this. And. I th- I also foreshadow a a wave of retirements uh, announcements coming up here Not right soon. now.
1: Not right now. No, but I, I think I, mean, like, I think Christmas time you'll get a bunch. You get a bunch. So um it, it's it's um I couldn't be happier, by the way. I couldn't well, be happier. Is, okay, so go back. I couldn't be happier. Go back a month, or maybe it was two months, where Joe Manchin said, yeah, we should probably just do this next year.
0: His Wall Street Journal piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and We I,
1: parsed, a, we parsed I, apart pretty and, well. And at the time, I thought, I'm not sure that's right. But, the, but you know, you start thinking about stuff, and you're like... I,
0: it, don't it, think, it, I
1: think next year means it doesn't happen. I think that's probably right. I think more importantly... Democratic leadership thinks that's right, which is why they're going to resist it, but if you think about it, debt ceiling, CR, NDAA, surface transportation, that should take about four or five weeks, right? Just about what you have left in the year. Do it, get out of Dodge, come back next year and do this stuff. But you know what? Is the political context going to be any better for None this next February? None of the problems February? change, though.
0: Right. That's the other thing. That's and, right. And narratives can be built and, and tore down between then and now. That's right. Here's the biggest fear that I have out of this evening. Yeah? That, that Chuck is no longer afraid of AOC. No, that's correct. He shouldn't be either. And I think that that well, changes the that. dynamic a little bit. Let me I think that. that turns Chuck into dealmaker Chuck. Let me As opposed this. to like, I'm scared of my, I'm scared to, to yeah, death that you.
1: I get your point. Primary. I, I think you're right, but let me let me just say, I think he's probably still afraid of her, but he shouldn't be. And at some point, somebody's going to convince him that he shouldn't be. You know, somebody last night, somebody said something I thought was totally right. He said, "It doesn't matter what journalists and reporters and professional commentators think about what the elections mean." What's important is what the candidates think the lesson of the election is. That's was, absolutely right. And what right. their political strategists think. And, with the and how they respond right. to the election. Because that's the what electorate. they're right. That's that informs how they're going to run the next campaign. Right. So I don't know what everybody else walked away with, but um, I don't know how you can walk away from this thing with any other thought than. Axelrod's thought right. I think we're kind of out over our skis on this one. Yeah, Maybe well, it's time uh, to uh, throttle back a little yeah. bit. I mean, the the election
0: results are that uh, on every single issue that matters, they overreached, and the voters, I, I believe, are responding I agree. kind to that.
1: I agree, and I think which Schumer, means the progressives had a
0: pretty a bad night. Now.
1: That's true, and I think Schumer's going to figure that out eventually.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: which is too bad because you're right. Because at that point he'll he'll start making deals on this stuff, and we'll wind up with less and and smaller.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing is is Shelby's not running for reelection. Yes. And without having to run for reelection, uh chairman of the probes, Republican, he's always been happy to spend money. Is he a Republican? Well, that's what he that's how he affiliates. Is he a but Republican? the point is is that uh, that worries me too because he could He could make things uh, easier for the Democrats, which I don't think they should get a pass at all. I think they should work
1: really, really, really hard to try and get out of this jam that they built for themselves. I think the Republican Senate caucus now knows something they didn't know even a month ago. They now fully understand the power of cohesion and the power of silence. Yes. They've and just, for a politician? That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. That is tough. But you you think about it. Have any of them gotten in the way? No. They've all just sat back. And,
0: yeah, Even the squeaky wheels things. have not. Even have the not, problem children. Right.
1: Shut yes. up. Yes. It's, it's that's amazing. That's a really good point. It's, it's a
0: really good point.
1: All right. What are your takeaways from COP26? What? Are you kidding me? Who in the world cares? <laughs> I mean, it... What has happened that any of these cops that make you think anybody cares? I, we've been having these things for 25 years, 26 years. Yeah, by the way, emissions have gone up. Of course. Year over, year, year of course. over,
0: Cops 26 over Cop 26 over you, Cop 26. You have
1: seriously, if you've been going to Cops, you've been wasting your time. <laughs> you should have been staying home trying to invent some kind of fuel that works, that, you know, solves all your problems.
0: Okay, well, you know, Biden did make some news while he was out there, yeah. um, for example—
3: and I, I guess I shouldn't apologize, but I do apologize for the fact that the United States uh the last administration pulled out of the Paris Accords and pushed sort of behind April. Uh, the first thing I did when I liked to I see my friend nodding and head over there, because we talked about this for a while I was running.
2: Yeah. And so you
0: apologize for pulling out of the Paris Accords, but between the time he pulled out and the time he got back in,
1: our emissions went down yet again. Yeah, we're the only people. We're the and only we're the people. Only, we're, we're, uh, we're the only ones on track or we're exceeding it, it, the it, pledge. It,
0: it, but let's set that one aside. Well,
1: you think a, you think a guy who thinks it's an existential threat would track, track that kind of thing.
0: So what is quickly becoming one of my favorite non-satirical publications, the Washington Free Beacon. Yeah, man. Had a great, <laughs> had a great article. Biden naps during one of the most important meetings in history... As the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. (laughs) That was the headline. You know. (laughs) Wait, let me just read it. Let (laughs) me read it. President Joe Biden appeared to fall asleep Monday at the UN Climate Change Conference in Scotland, potentially endangering the lives of billions of human beings. (laughs) The 78-year-old Democrat was spotted dozing off as a conference speaker urged attendees at, quote, one of the most important meetings in history to, quote, stop the destruction of this magnificent, magnificent planet Biden closed his eyes and did not move until an aide walked up to him to chat, perhaps just to remind him uh, that he was being filmed. Following his nap, Biden took the stage and described climate change as an existential threat to human existence as we know it. That was, quote, already ravaging the world.
1: Wow. That's some apocalyptic (laughs) stuff for a guy who just woke up from a nap. Okay, so I just
0: love the headline. It was great. So
1: it is a great let me can I just be <laughs> honest about this nap for a second? The guy had like just flown over. He was probably up for thirty six hours. I have dozed hey, off in uh, meetings who too. Ha- and that's what I was gonna say. Who hasn't been in one of these rooms where it's warm and there's some some boring, you know some boring dum dumb is sitting there going, droning on. I mean, you got But that's the thing. Uh, we'll put the clip in the show it would've, notes. And would have been funny
0: if you listen to the words coming out of the mouth oh, of yeah. the speaker at the podium. In just the brief clip, I started getting tired and <laughs> losing my train, <laughs> losing my train of thought. I was wandering off into that place uh, where you start uh, like, "By now,", yeah. Bye now. <laughs> so I don't blame Biden at all.
1: You know thing for is, that for well, that one. It would have been funny if he just like you know said something at a press conference later on, like, yeah, hell yeah, I took a nap. You would have too, man. <laughs> yeah. This thing, put me to sleep. That
0: is the, the
1: sort of the sad
0: tragedy of the whole thing, right? Like this. That nobody can talk to, nobody can say the truth anymore? Nobody, like, nobody of consequence was there. The only people that were there are people that are like oh, so proud thing. of their virtue signaling. The cop and so, thing. Yes. Oh I it's mean, a completely Nothing, wasted time. nothing yeah. is getting I, done. I, I think there were... nobody, no major emitters are there the ones who are india made some grand statement about how they're going to go net zero by 2070 now right I, I, like is modi going to be alive in 2070 not going
1: to be alive right? in 2030 but he, what he asked going. for
0: was trillions of dollars in exchange for his pledge. Sure, oh look so
1: honestly i think you and me should should go net zero by 2030 in exchange for trillions of dollars um <laughs> <laughs> actually this podcast is going to be net zero, zero. <laughs> by 2025 we can get a couple of big sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the funny thing about about Glasgow, right, is that um the biggest presence there was both the press and the corporate guys. Yeah, New York Times had what
0: 15 people there or something yeah, like yeah, that. You I knew, Lisa, well, it was part Lisa of the, Lisa Friedman's part, part tweets, of their, her part, live of
1: their tweets. part of their 78 person strong right. climate beat, right? Because it's apparently that's all anybody in New York cares about anymore. Um it's it's a little microcosm of this whole thing, right? It has now become a pure corporate welfare slash media um horror, attention horror type play. That's it. It's cosplay. It's cosplay. It it it's cosplay with a with a layover, with an overlay of of um corporate welfare. Of course, which is basically what the right. reconciliation and that's bill exactly, is. That's exactly what I, <laughs> so, I, I when I was thinking about Glasgow, I'm like, that tracks reconciliation perfectly. The mm. big winners are the corporate welfare queens. Yeah. And, at, same in and, and, and apparently be- now the 5%. And, and, you know, the only yeah, sensible people... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the only sensible people um, are the Chinese and the Russians who are like, yeah, we're going to take a hard pass on all this silliness. Yeah, we're really busy making sure our people
0: don't die this winter and also securing the energy we need to, it, to basically just, dominate the world at some point in the very near future.
1: It, but, hey, what do I know? I mean, it it... it Let's put it this way. If the purpose of it is to reduce emissions, you've been wasting your time. If, if the purpose of it is to get coin from the federal government, well, that's a different matter. That Then it's a good expenditure of time. And if the purpose is to show how virtuous you are, then, yeah, you should definitely get on your horse and get over there.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to read a, a quote from Boris yep. Yeltsin. Bojo. Bojo. Oh, please. Sure. We've brought you... We've brought you to the place where the doomsday machine began to tick. This is Boris citing Glasgow as the birthplace of the steam engine. Yeah, the Industrial Revolution. You know,
1: the reason why Hugh and me and him are
0: alive. I mean, he is a he is just a rhetoric machine. Like, that's all he does, right? It's oh. like, okay. Have you looked it, at his hair? The, yeah, hair, whatever. I mean, Come on, look I mean, at, at the guy. It I mean, looks. You know. yeah,
1: but He looks like he slept in his clothes all the
0: time. That kid. But here's one thing I want to point out, though, du- uh, during this, you know, dog and dog during, and phony uh,
1: show. During, during his speech wherein he attacks the Industrial no, Revolution but still no, flew no, home no, on no, a plane. No, 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 no,
0: no, Not Bojo, because he's, you know, just like the rest of these guys. This is, a, this is the U.K. Chancellor, and this is what... I'm sorry, there's a
1: U.K. Chancellor? Yes,
0: it's, I guess he's like Yellen's contemporary or something okay. like that. Oh,
1: oh Chancellor of the Exchequer. Yeah, yeah, here, here. Yeah. The
0: third action is to rewire the entire global financial system for net zero. Better and more consistent climate data, sovereign green bonds, mandatory sustainability disclosures, proper climate risk surveillance, stronger global reporting standards, all things we need to deliver. And I'm proud that the UK is playing its part. We've already made it mandatory for businesses to disclose climate-related financial information with thirty-five other countries signing up to do the same. Today I'm announcing that the UK will go further and become the first ever net zero aligned financial center.
1: This Okay. Yeah. So the the Hong Kong of the twenty first century, right? The Great Britain that used to be an actual country but is now just a financial center. Um it it kind of makes you, I don't want to say root for the meltdown, but it kind of makes you root for the well, meltdown. Well, it
0: also should, I mean, what's going on behind the scenes, or or not behind the scenes actually, but in, the in people front of the who scenes. aren't paying attention to this stuff, is this is a battle between New York and and the UK and over London. and London and London over who gets to be like over London, you know, yeah. and 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 Larry Fink. Here was his big announcement at COP twenty six. Too narrow, this is from um, Bloomberg Green. Larry Fink sounds greenwashing alarm as fossil fuels move into private hands. Fink said too narrow a focus on the climate policies of public companies risks undermining the green agenda and is potentially creating, quote, the largest capital market arbitrage in our lifetimes as hydrocarbon assets move from public to private hands. What did he expect? There's a movement away from hydrocarbon assets into private hands. There's more movement away uh, than ever, before, than any time ever. That does not change the net zero world. That's window dressing. That's greenwashing. So he wants a holistic approach to ensure all businesses are held to the same standard, i.e., the SEC rule, right? Well,
1: what he wants? No, he, he wants, wants something. The, the he wants something more than companies that. Companies
0: to to be subject to yes, the same. Right. He wants sta- quote unquote standards. Right. He
1: wants something more than that. Right. He wants to expand. He wants to expand the reach of. Financial regulators into private companies, right? um because quite rationally um companies that are exposed to the e s g have been like, "Hey, man, we're just gonna go private, and you guys can go to hell it, what the British don't understand don't seem to understand I don't understand how you don't understand this, and what Larry Fink doesn't understand is world used you know eighty five percent fossil fuels in 1970 and 1995 and yesterday morning right um and no amount of financial ledger domain is going to change that and i look forward to the endless speeches but keep in mind we've now been listening to these speeches hard to remember this we've been listening to this crap for 25 years now and you know what not a thing has changed i mean well on the margins it has guys like no, on the margins it hasn't. Guys like Larry Fink come and go. Yeah, here's how things have changed. Emissions have doubled. That's it. That's how things have changed. Oh, yeah.
0: And, well oh, when, and, and, when and Tesla the, is, you know, valued valued at over a trillion dollars. Nobody
1: believes that shit. Right. Things are. Nobody, have changed nobody a believes bit, that. Right. That's a balloon waiting to pop. You know that. So but I'm not sure it wouldn't have happened anyway. But it hasn't changed the fundamentals of the of the of the system. Right? Tesla's and Here's a trigger warning for you kids out there. Teslas are still made with actual energy provided by fossil fuels, yeah. right? So here's a
0: fire warning for all you you yeah. cool cats out there who want a Tesla. Don't park it in your in your apartment complex
1: underground either. You know it. So uh, I'm I, I guess what I'm saying is affordable, reliable energy being an essential requirement for humanity human beings are going to find a way to do it no matter what their governments tell them to do. And if that means, hey, we're all going to have to form private companies to do it, they're going to form private companies, and that's just the way the world is. Uh, I, that bothers me not at all. Right. No, should, it should bother. The guys who it should bother are the guys from whom capital is fleeing, and they do not have a good answer for it. And by that, I mean the public companies that are unable or unwilling to defend themselves.
0: Yes. Seems... Uh, and, uh, and like companies that are publicly traded can easily
1: go private
0: right yeah. like it has happened there
1: is precedent there's for no that ma- nope. there's, no magic, so, yep, there's no magic to it there's no magic to it it's just money and you know the great thing about America is we got just a hell of a lot of money floating around this country
0: okay one more quick one from Joe Biden over at the at the at the Glasgow confab
3: um, if you take a look at uh, you know gas prices and you take a look at the uh, oil prices, uh, that is a consequence of, thus far, the refusal of, uh, of uh, Russia or, uh, or the OPEC nations to uh, pump more oil. Um, and we'll see what happens on that score uh, sooner than later. Um, so, if you take a look at... Uh,
0: so is that like a threat? It's like a lie, but okay. <laughs> sooner or later... <laughs> it's just amazing look, to me look I, I, we're just, not gonna go we have we've, we've joe, done this joe pick joe, joe, joe
1: biden joe biden is getting joe biden is getting in my mind to be like boris johnson when i hear the voice i just take a nap i turn it off i'm like okay i can't listen to this guy because everything he says is either inaccurate a lie or propaganda sometimes all three if he's on his game right,
0: well not to uh not to no to not to overburden me you're not to overburden you yeah that's that's good secretary jenny is on message this was her from um i think this was meet the press meet the depressed meet the depressed
2: gas prices of course are based upon a global oil market that oil market is controlled by a cartel that cartel is opec opec controls more than 50 percent of the petroleum supply and more than 90% of the petroleum reserves. So that cartel has more say about what is going on. Now, on top of it, you've got uh, oil and gas industry that can't flip the switch after uh, coming out of Mm -hmm. a pandemic in the same way that you're seeing with the supply chains. The president really is focused on making sure that people have relief, and he's looking at all of his tools. But let me just say one thing that these rising fuel prices in fossil fuels tell us why we've got to double down on diversifying our fuel supply to go for clean. But,
1: okay. But that's nonsense.
2: Yeah,
0: total nonsense. Um, but it, it, we said it would take a little while for them to say oh, no, that this quirk. was a result. We, have got to, we haven't moved to renewables fast enough, but yeah. they've accelerated that. The part she should have stopped at, at cartel and control the market, she went on to say there's not much we can do. There's not much we can do because of what they're they're yeah, undoing. Uh, you know, and we're down about 1.4 million barrels a day.
1: Yeah, man. That would be that would be good to have. When Biden was sworn in. That would be good to have. Who, who's the who's the interviewer who's interviewing? Is it Jake Tapper or No, no, or, it's Chuck. Chuckles. Or, yeah. F F Chuck Todd. Um <laughs> What, I'm not allowed to say that. Rush Limbaugh could say it. Why can't I say it? Um Oh, oh, yeah. No, Limbo used to identify because his actual first name is uh, Franklin, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, 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 is? okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I say this is a family friendly no, podcast no, I, now that we're sponsored by. No, I agree. By, I, I, I would not use. I would not use the the profanity. Let's go, Brandon. Um, the reporter in question did not ask. Then why were prices low when Mr. Trump was president? Because if if OPEC actually determines prices, which is not right. And you'd think an energy secretary would know that it's not right. Um, then why did Mr. Trump have success? Was he better at playing OPEC or was there something else going on? These reporters are terrible. They're this, not. In all te- fairness. They're not terrible.
0: They're, so they're doing their jobs, <laughs> They're not doing their they're jobs. Not doing, they're not doing. They're not, they don't do that anymore. I, they provide forums for these folks to, to yammer, air. To yammer. <laughs> to to issue their narrative.
1: Well. Right. The thing That's is, it.
0: They don't ask any questions. I,
1: I guarantee you, the next time she shows up in front of Senate Energy, somebody's going to take this up and say, hey, now, I'm just a simple country boy, and I'm not an energy secretary like you, but let me ask you a couple yeah. questions here. And, and the idea that, hey, you know, we need to accelerate our, our thing, right, the, our, our transition to renewables or whatever it is, um, you know, the right answer is um, where? With what? The only thing you could plug into a car at this moment is ethanol, and we're already using basically our maximum amount of that. So what are you talking about? What in that name of actual God are you talking about? You know, this is a good – this is a reason why I'm not a reporter because I think I would just be like, you know, what you babbled on just made no sense. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt.
0: No, it's all good. It's all good. And then um, we had a – we were – Recording the last time, but the hearing was taking place where the big oil executives were hauled up to the hill to.
1: Well, they weren't up hauled the, up to the hill. That's right, they were hauled <laughs> up to the zooms to to um,
0: apologize for their for their destruction of the planet and 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 in a couple of instances, their white supremacy. Um, I want to play a clip from Congressman Byron Donalds from Florida, who was actually at the hearing, not on Zoom. Yeah.
2: First of all, to, to the witnesses, the the leaders of, of Exxon, Chevron, BP, Shell, I know that the climate activists in Twitter world, which Dave Chappelle says doesn't exist, and he's right because it's just people who have nothing better to do but type on their keyboards, and we do it too here in Congress. But let's be very clear. You need an apology because what I witnessed today um, was just rank intimidation by the chair of this committee. Trying to get you to pledge on what you're going to spend your money on is a gross violation of the First Amendment. And just because we're members of Congress and we got microphones and we pass laws does not mean that we also have to, uh, the ability to infringe on your ability to what to organize, whether it's API or anybody else, or what you choose to spend your money on. It is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. Somebody needs to go call Merrick Garland, tell him to get in here and watch the intimidation that came from this very panel today. Because this is not about defending big oil or defending big anything. It's about defending the ability of people in our country to be free, say what they want, think what they want, spend their money how they choose. And if we're not going to be any better than the Chinese, how do we ever expect to beat them on the world stage when we're cutting our neck? When it comes to energy production, while they are burning more coal, they are burning more oil, they're increasing their emissions, and they're not showing up in Scotland. You know why they're not showing up in Scotland? Because they're interested in building an economy. They're interested in becoming the dominant economic player across the globe. They're interested in becoming the dominant military player across the globe. And while we joke around and mess around intimidating you guys, who frankly heat our homes, you cool our fridges, you keep our cars going... This is insane. So I'm sorry for you. And I'm sorry for the people in our country who have to witness shenanigans like this and witness circuses like this. That's why they call that one show on HBO, whatever it is, the circus, because that's exactly what this is.
1: Not bad, huh? I want to keep in mind, It's a a freshman, right? Yeah. He's a freshman. He's from Florida, right? Is
0: he first term or is this his second term? Uh, He's first term. Uh,
1: Amen. Maybe like, second term. I don't know. He's, it. he's from Florida. Nailed I, it. It, it. You know, you, you give me 15 members like that, most of our problems would be over here right away, right? Yeah. Maybe Shenanigans. He
0: should, maybe he should visit with John Curtis, too.
1: I don't know why he's wasting his life on government o- reform and oversight. He needs to get on a legit committee. John Curtis, he's a great man. Um, the, the mainstream media has identified him as a squishy uh, moderate Republican already. He's already been on a Sunday show. Which tells you that they have marked him as a guy who will say whatever he needs to say to exactly. get on camera. Exactly.
0: Okay, so we're
1: uh, going to wrap. The way, by the way, I just want to point out his previous job was as a Democratic mayor of Provo, Provo. Utah. Yes. Just want to point that out. Every time we're going to talk about John Curtis, I'm the going to point out. The former mayor of Provo. I'm going to point out the former Democratic, the mayor, former Democratic of mayor of Provo.
0: Provo, yes. Sorry, go ahead. Okay,
1: uh, we're going to wrap. up before we do, I do want to wish,
0: um, circle back, a speedy recovery. Yeah, man. Sorry about that. We can't wait for you to come back. Uh, we miss you up on the dais. We yeah. love your, your keen insights. We need, we need our content so, provider. Yes, absolutely. And lastly, we'll close out with a um, with some words of wisdom from the President of the United States. Ready?
3: No formal no, no expression. Time is money. As one computer said, if you're on the train and they say Portal Bridge, you know you better make other plans. <laughs> What does that mean? I, don't know. I don't know what it means
0: but it means something to joe and i really i really want to wish him well and i wish and i hope that he uses that those words of wisdom when he goes back up to the hill to deplore ladies and gentlemen encourage the his, his leaders chuck schumer and nancy pelosi to save his presidency 46
1: president of the united states <laughs> namaste bye everybody good night for republicans